Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub, in the house. So we listening to Hear the Spirit. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spirit. Go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spirit. Presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. We have a sensational podcast coming on later with a Florida State legend and a Tampa Bay Bucks legend, Derek Brooks, 11-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, national champion, defensive player of the year in the NFL. This interview is great. Looking forward to bring that to you guys later on in the podcast. We also have a lot to talk about, too. we got a lot of recruiting to cover. Uh, talk a little bit about the spring game. We'll talk about Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey in the Pro Bowl. And, of course, get to uh, the big topic right now in basketball with Leonard Hamilton. Currently on a two-game winning streak over there. And then we'll finish off the podcast at the very end after the interview, given our National Signing Day predictions. So make sure you guys tune in after the interview with Derek Brooks. But what's happening, guys? Good morning. Another early morning for us college kids. How, how are y'all feeling? Are y'all starting to get used to this, or what's what's going on? You never get used to it, but a Seminole legend always wakes you up. So that was nice. That was real nice. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little tough, but uh, as soon as Mr. Brooks picked up the phone, it was it was full go. So yeah, feeling good. I think I think his story about having the C and Bobby calling to the office. I don't want to kill give it away but that part of the interview <laughs> was hilarious by, by far the best inter- moment of the interview by far i think it overall is one of my favorite interviews on here the spear so definitely looking forward to you guys listening to that but first let's get to some of the hot topics right now across florida state athletics we know uh, softball is starting to get into action with practice uh, they're preseason ranked number one in the country uh I don't know if it's just me, but I was very entertained with watching softball last year, and I'm looking forward to uh, covering the rest of the se- or upcoming season for them. So we can kind of go and get into a little bit of the Florida State football recruiting. Uh, you can go and give a little info on that, Dustin. Yeah, the coaching staff had 11 official visitors come to campus last week, and they also had some unofficial visitors, in- including uh, signees like Kalen the low watch and and Curtis fan so you know getting getting a lot of tribe 19 members on campus last week and then they're going to be doing the same thing this week it's going to be less guys they're only bringing in four official visitors but you can see the staff has really targeted the the final guys that they want in this class and they're doing everything they can to land them before national signing day comes on February 6th well we can go and get to a big guy right now in the recruiting class of Florida State's going hard after they, I believe last night, they had a huge visit with him. Nick Cross, safety four-star, 
what what's the situation now you're looking at Dustin I know we've had a lot of coverage on him so far but it seems like it's a fight to the finish for at least three programs and it looks like it could be narrowing down to two yeah I mean to me the situation kind of it kind of reminds me of what ended up happening with with Sam Howell during the early signing period it it was simply you know the the parents had a lot more comfortability with their son going to a a different school other than Florida State and that's that's kind of what's going on now I mean um, it's no secret that Nick Cross's father uh, prefers for him to go to Penn State, and he's been pushing pushing Nick to to visit Penn State for a while. That's finally going to happen this weekend, so I, I'm sure his dad's really hoping he flips his commitment over to the the Nittany Lions. But you know, I really do think it's it's down to Florida State and Penn State at this point. Um, if the decision's completely up to to Nick Cross, I think I think he'll end up in Tallahassee, but. If his parents had pull on his recruitment, it, it could go another way. I don't think it would absolutely. Let, let's just look at the logistics of it. Would it absolutely kill or shatter FSU if Nick Cross weren't to sign with Florida State? I don't think so at all because, you know, you look at the, the 2019 recruiting class that Florida State's currently bringing in. And it's it's stacked with with defensive backs. I mean, the the staff has clearly put a major focus on on retooling that defensive backfield after you know how we saw them defend the pass a year ago, and just that defense as a whole. The the defensive backs, the linebackers, were were the weakest part of the unit, and the coaching staff has has spent most of most of their scholarships on upgrading those positions. As we know, the Florida State spring game, the Garnet Gold game, is going to be held on April 6th at 4 p.m. We're expecting, from what we've heard, there will be a concert afterwards, so a lot of our staff will be there to cover that. Uh, Last year, it was a pretty big, big big-time attendance. I think, what, 70,000, closer to 67, something like that, were there. It was a big, big turnout. we could see not close at all numbers to that, but I think having Kendall Browse there as an offensive coordinator and QB coach, I think you should see uh, attendance be able to hang in there a little bit. So we'll keep in. All right, so some other news too. Confirmed uh, former running back switched over to linebacker Zaquandre White is transferring to Iowa Western Community College. I'm tired. They dead. Fly there. Well, free that boy. Hey, <laughs> Any thoughts? Probably, probably what he'll be most remembered for uh, during his time in Tallahassee. <laughs> uh, that memorable moment we have. Um, I think we're all going to cherish that forever. Yes. I, and, well, one thing that led to his transfer last spring, he was uh, suspended for academic problems and then also this spring that was brought up and then also he was having some on-field circumstances not go his way and some bad decisions made but uh, best luck to Zaquandre out there in Iowa. Another tidbit we have uh, we learned last night former Florida State wide receiver Nooney Murray got his NFL combine invite. Uh, What do you does anybody right now, do you think he'll make it as on, onto an active roster in the NFL? 
I think it's going to be be a battle for sure, just because you know Nooney doesn't. He's a he's a smaller receiver. He's more of a possession guy, and and he was inconsistent during during his time at Florida State. So, you know, he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to test well athletically at the combine, and and also do well in interviews for for a team to take a chance on him. Yeah, I think I think he's shown ability. I think he has what it takes to play in the NFL. I think he. He's incredibly talented. I think it boils down to um, really just – yeah, mental capa- – I mean, obviously he has a mental capacity to do it. But uh, what I mean to say is uh, does he have the mental toughness to prepare like an NFL receiver should? Um, does he – you know, is, will he be a professional? Um, and I, So I think it's up to him. Obviously at his time at FSU he showed that he has real playmaking abilities, um, but that was – stifled at times by his lack of of effort which is you know it, it, any lack of effort in the nfl you're, you're not going to make it so um you know we'll see it'll be interesting um but i, I definitely wish him all the best um, i think he has what it takes derwin james and jalen ramsey were two big stars in the pro bowl they were all over social media and during the espn coverage too so that that was something that spread across the whole country uh jalen ramsey point now that if you're recruiting you don't plan on or you're not coming to florida state what are you doing <laughs> nice little recruiting tool for willie taggart moving forward it it helps to have guys like that in the pros uh for sure on the recruiting trail. Of course, two starting pro bowlers in the game, Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey. A big highlight definitely for FSU recruiting and just kind of continues to show why Florida State is indeed defensive back university. I kind of want to switch it over now to basketball, Dustin. And they're currently, like we said, on two-game winning streak. And Phil Kofer is back. Give me a little bit of insight of what's going on over there and if you think this trend will continue. And, of course, we know that they do play Saturday against Georgia Tech here at home. Yeah, you know, I just want to welcome Florida State basketball to the new year. You know, we're, we're a month in, but <clears throat> the Seminoles have finally won back-to-back games in, in 2019. So that's an, a, that's an amazing <laughs> nice. feat in itself. How nice of you. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously – you know, Florida State's played pretty well the the last two games. Although <clears throat> both of both of those contests were against teams that are kind of lower tier in in the ACC. So we'll have to see how they how they do in a in a couple games when they play against teams like Syracuse, Louisville. Um, they play North Carolina in a couple weeks. So there's definitely going to be some interesting games coming up. And um, but one thing I want to point out is that. That road game against Miami a few nights ago, how about MJ Walker? I mean, Walker's been struggling pretty much all season. He's been ridiculously cold in conference play. He -hmm. comes out on the road in Miami and hits a career-high six three-pointers and just absolutely (laughs) looks like – he he looked like a superstar. Like, Mm -hmm. he hasn't been confident all season. He comes into the game against the Hurricanes, and he's taken pretty much every shot with just – you know, reckless, reckless, not reckless abandon. I mean, he was taking good shots, but once he got into his rhythm, there was, there was no one stopping him. Like it didn't matter. And that's when you're, when you're a former five-star prospect, I mean, those are the kind of performances that, that you need to be putting up. So I'm hoping that kind of snapped MJ out of his funk. And then he, he gets it going for the rest of conference play. I mean, he could be a big player down the stretch for Florida state. Yeah, I agree, Dustin. I think 
I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I think MJ Walker is, is crucial to this team's success and, and whether or not they'll make a run in March. One of my favorite players to watch, I think, most entertainment-wise, is definitely Cabin Gelly. Uh, the way that he... I can't... I'm tr- going to try and say his name. No one judge me, because I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet. But Mifondu? Thing is... <laughs> me- no, no, no. Think Fiondu. Me Fiondu? Is no, it just Fiondu? Yeah, okay. Okay. The, the, the M at the beginning throws everybody off. I mean. Fiondu? Yeah. <laughs> Cabangeli, I think is R- rookie mistake. Correct, correct pronunciation. Like I said, don't judge me. Gosh, can we chill, please? Anyways, <laughs> probably one of my. I mean, he's very entertaining to watch. I think it's more of watching how much effort he gives in games. But I know you're an N- NBA guy, Dustin. And where do you see his his future going because it seems like on now every ESPN broadcast of the games everybody's talking about how his talent will probably be brought to the NBA well I mean you know one thing I really like about Cabin Gelly is that he's an he's an old school big man mixed with you know what you need in the the present um, game of basketball to succeed which is to be able to shoot jump shots and also knock down the long ball so Really, Cabin Gelly is an interesting prospect, especially when when you're looking at the the NBA because a lot of the big men in the NBA they they can't um, back down players in the low post anymore. I mean, the low post game is going away. So you bring in a guy like Cabin Gelly to your team, you've got a guy who can post up, you've got a guy who can hit the mid range jumper, you've got a guy who can knock down threes if you need him to, you can throw him an alley oop if you want. I mean, he can he can really do it all as a big man. And he's also a good passer. So one thing he really needs to work on is, is his uh, fouls, obviously. I mean, he's been fouling out of a lot of games. And, you know, there's always things you can improve on your game. He's only a redshirt sophomore. So as long as, long as he doesn't go pro after this year, I'm cool with it. I mean, keep improving in Tallahassee and keep building Florida State basketball. Does it make you wonder why he has not cracked the starting lineup yet this season? Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder, but... You know, with the way Leonard Hamilton does everything, he's pretty much almost playing a, a starter's minutes anyway, and that's that's with the foul trouble. I mean, if he wasn't if he wasn't fouling out every game, he'd probably get more than what he's getting now. Yeah, it just it seems like you know he's not on the floor, and all of a sudden he comes in and, and he sparks this team. So yeah. um, he's definitely a special player for sure. As long as he doesn't go to the Celtics, <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed. All right, so let's get to the interview of the podcast. Like we said, probably one of our favorites that we've ever had on here, on here, the Spear. We have Derek Brooks. He talks a little bit about his past at Florida State, his uh, current situation, supporting his son to Kalen Brooks, at linebacker right now, and a little bit of his past with John Gruden, too, and Tampa. And he talks about his relationship with Willie Taggart, too, and where he sees the program going. So let's get to that interview now. Florida State. Now to Clemson's inside the 20. Louis Solomon at quarterback. Greer and Hood is setbacks. A lot of clean jerseys out there for Clemson. Dropped football. Picked up by Derek Brooks and he's on his way. Forget it. Derek Brooks will not be caught. Derek Brooks. A flag downfield at the 41-yard line. Will negate likely Well, that's really a dumb penalty because there was nobody 
in this stadium that was going to catch Derek Brooks. And there was no reason for one of his teammates to even attempt to block. Have an illegal block in the back. It's the offensive team. Penalty is refused. Oh. They have touchdown. Touchdown, wow. Derek Brooks. I'll change the yardage on that. All right, guys, so we got the big interview on the podcast, what everybody's waiting to hear. We're here now to welcome Florida State and Tampa Bay legend Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks is a Super Bowl champion, 11-time Pro Bowler, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and, of course, national champion at Florida State. Also, both jerseys are retired at Florida State and Tampa Bay, Florida State being number 10, and Tampa being 55. Good morning, Mr. Brooks. How are you doing? I'm all right. Good morning to both you gentlemen. Good morning. What are, what are you up to nowadays? I know you've got a lot of charity work going on with the Brooks Bunch. How's that going with that foundation? Uh, my foundation is doing well. Uh, Derrick Brooks Charities programs are off and running in the right direction. Uh, let me pinch myself for that. Uh, whether it be uh, the work that obviously I do with the Brooks Bunch and, and our after-school financial literacy programs to our charter high school uh, that I co-own with the, the Bartolo family. Uh, that is amazing, uh, to be honest with you, to uh, be in charge of a school and parents trusting my vision to educate their kids for the rest of their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. You just pinch yourself at that opportunity and the other programs um, that we uh, participate in, whether it's educational, whether it's family, whether it's work we do with our juvenile uh, justice center uh, with our kids on a lot of preventative behavior uh, issues. Uh, again, I just can't uh, thank God enough for allowing me to use this platform of football to continue to change our community through our youth. Yes, sir. And it's really amazing to to see just how much you've uh, given back to the community over your playing days and and obviously after them as well. But um, Mr. Brooks, I'm Dustin. I just wanted to ask you, what's it like to see your your son kind of follow in your footsteps at, at Florida State? Uh, gentlemen, I, I look at it as the Kalen is doing an excellent job of setting his own path. Uh, I don't look at it as an opportunity to follow uh, me. Uh, obviously, I know we sharing the same experiences and in terms of being student athletes at Florida State, but his path is his path. Uh, ever since the day he started uh, playing football, man, he's blazed his own trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, very comfortable uh, in his own shoes. Uh, very proud of the fact that, you know, I'm, you know, his father and all of my accolades. But at the same time, uh, I'm even prouder uh, of him, you know, blazing his own path, staying on his own, you know, two feet and developing his own legacy. So we look at it in that regard. Uh, it's not a, you know, means of following me. That's more so him setting uh, his own path because he deserves that because he's earned it. Yes, sir. And I and I know um, that Kalen has mentioned before in, in some interviews that 
you you call them and and offer them advice. What are what are some of the things that you talk to him about to to try and help him improve his game? Uh, I I just want to be that sounding board that uh, obviously uh, respecting everything that uh, his current coaching staff, Coach Woody, Coach Barnett, uh, is teaching him. Uh, just give him another set of eyes uh, when he asks questions. And it's more so him knowing that I am a resource uh, for him uh, when needed. I, I don't overstep my boundaries in, in terms of telling what he should and should not do. Uh, more or less, just guide him uh, through the process and always talk to him about improvement areas. Now, I won't get into specifics because uh, some of the opponents may be listening. So I don't want to give away <laughs> any uh, secrets. <laughs> but uh, overall, the message is I just want to be there for him as a resource uh, that he has in his toolbox to get him better uh, every single day. And not not just with football, but also in life, uh, in the classroom, et cetera. Hey, Mr. Brooks, this is Fisher uh, with Noel Game Day. And it's first of all, I just want to say it's a pleasure to be speaking with you this morning. Uh, thank you again for coming on. Um, so today in football, it seems like the size of linebackers and really position in general has changed since your time at Florida State and even in the professional in your professional career, um, do you think this is a good thing? Oh yes, yeah, the position of linebacker even started, you know, during my time. Uh, it was going to a more athletic uh, position, playing in space. I remember when I was quoted as a tweener was <laughs> 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 the term used for me, and now nowadays. That word has a position, you know, on the field, whether it's star or will linebacker. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yes, I, uh, obviously the offenses now are getting more extended from the line of scrimmage and teams are playing more in space and you're getting more athletic players uh, that are playing in space. So uh, the linebacker position uh, will never be extinct. I think it's always uh, evolving, to be honest with you. And I think sometimes coaches – you know, got to look at players, you know, and not stars. You know, I again, if a guy can play and he fits your scheme, he's a good character kid, you, you know, and earns an opportunity, you do the best you can to, you know, provide a playing opportunity for him. But I do feel, I do feel, back to my point earlier, that defenses are constantly adjusting uh, to the offenses because the rules are becoming more offensive. It's getting more extended from the line of scrimmage and defenses have to, uh, not only adjust, but they also have to do the best they can to be prepared. Right. I want to ask you about your relationship with Bobby Bowden. He's big Christian too. Just tell me a little bit about your days at Florida state and being coached by him and how it was. I was blessed along with so many uh, through several generations that Coach Bowden coach in, you know, it's 50-plus years. Uh, in my in my mind, my opinion, I will always say he's the best college football coach ever. And it would be very hard to change my mind because uh, I look at the extended period of time that he had as a head college football coach and the lives he's changed through, you know, some families, four or five generations. And you don't do that unless 
you know, God has an anointing on you in that position. And Coach Bowden, man, built into us as men, you know, his Friday night chapels with the team only are legendary, mm-hmm. where he always took an aspect of our opponent and tied it to a chapel lesson to help us with life and tied it back to the game. He had a unique perspective, you know, mm-hmm. on doing that. And he just he constantly built into us, you know, as characters, man. And the assistant coaches obviously had a great staff uh, that was together for a very, very long time that he can trust uh, in terms of the X's and O's and the teaching. And he did a, an excellent job of building on us. And i never forget one of my favorite all-time life saying is the only time – you get three F's and they pass. It's faith, family, football, and oh, yeah. in that order. Coach Bowden, he lived it, he preached it, and I can. I'm one of many to raise my hand and say he fulfilled the promise that he made to my parents that he would see that I would graduate and I would be a changed, better citizen leaving Florida State, and he would see to it. So I am. Uh, very proud of that. Uh, and my favorite story of Coach Bowden mm-hmm. is not necessarily football. It's uh, it's an academic story. Uh, my freshman year, uh, I made a C in my uh, biology class. Now, this is me coming from a class of, you know, 20, 30 people in it at one time. So now I'm in a class of 500 students over at Ruby Diamond Auditorium. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that's and a big class. It, it, is teaching from the old projector. So, man, I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to survive this? Well, long story short, I ended up making a C. And it's the only C I ever made in my life. And Coach Bowden calls me into his office, and, you know, I'm trying to think, am I in trouble? And I'm thinking of all the things that could I've possibly done to get in trouble to be in his office. So I come up, I say, man, I haven't done anything. So I go in and in his calm voice, uh, he comes from behind that desk, and he said, Derek, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, Coach, what did I do? I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but I apologize. He said, uh, you're not fulfilling you know, not fulfilling your potential. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, yes, I'm doing the best I can playing, you know, football and I just made the transition from safety to linebacker. I'm like, okay, I'm, I thought that's why I moved. He, I said, in what area, Coach? He said, this right here. And he puts my grade in front of me. Now, gentlemen, I didn't even know I was making a C. Oh, no. <laughs> he already knew. So you're talking about level of influence. So I'm like, that's my biology class, Coach. I, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I'm going to do my best. He said, yes, because if you don't get it together, I'm going to call back to Pensacola, Florida, and I'm going to get your mother up here. I said, Coach, you will never have to call that lady. Trust me, please don't call her. I will get it together. I'll find a way. I won't make another seat. And he said, uh, that's exactly what we expect to hear. And my mom, she yells from the speakerphone, you bleeping, bleeping right, because I didn't send you down there to bleeping, bleeping, mess around. <laughs> and I said, I had my mom on speaker. I said, Mom, I'm sorry. You had to worry about this again. <laughs> so Coach Bow smiles at me. He said, now, 
I think we've made my point. And still today when I see him, <laughs> you know, my mother's all gone. He always bring that up. He said, Dad, you remember when I had your mom on speakerphone? I said, yes, Coach, I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> the scariest moments in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. Never forget. But uh, I'm glad, again, to answer your, I mean, continue to answer your question, yes, I was very, very blessed to be coached by Bobby Bowles. <laughs> Are y'all, do y'all still keep in touch frequently? Oh, yes, uh, absolutely, at least a couple times a year. Uh, I, I do a promotion with him uh, surrounding the Bowden Dynasty uh, that he's, you know, always promoting, evolving. So I, I do get a chance to see him. And obviously uh, last year, you know, he came back uh, to stick to games and practice in support of Coach Taggart. So I was able to see him uh, during those times as well. Great. And yeah, still still speaking on some of your your time at, at Florida State. What are your some some of your favorite memories from playing at the college level? You know, gentlemen, you know, my memories are are really about the practices in Burt Reynolds Hall, and how I believe nowadays kids are just missing that camaraderie element of the athletic door. You know, we became men. You know in those times, in those struggles. And we competed against each other so hard at practice because we felt we were the best competition for each other and it wasn't our opponent. And that's how we played. That's how we competed. And those are my memories, man, those battles, you know, where one day, you know, we, you know, take advantage of the offense and the next day they come back and get us in the individual battles that we had. Those are the memories you know, more so than the games. You know, when it gets to the games, you know, scoring my first touchdown, you know, up at Duke, to the run we made for the national championship, and, mm-hmm. you know, down playing in the Orange Bowl, and, you know, after the game, just seeing Coach Bowden just come in for the emotion, and all he can say to us is thank you. And you can feel, like, pressure lifted off of him and winning his first national title. You know, that, that's a memory I'm always cherish. The, the choke at Doak when we came back on Florida my senior year, uh, my last college play, I intercepted Danny, Danny Warford to win the game, you know, yep. get Florida in the, in the Sugar Bowl. Yep. So all those are just some, you know, small memories, but a majority of my memories, guys, are just the appreciation I had competing in practice and how that made me a better player and a better man. Um, what, what was it like learning under defensive coordinator Mickey Andrews back then? Uh, well, I'm still learning under him. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Andrews and I, uh, he goes gliding and out of the river. We talk pretty frequently. And Coach Andrews taught me the model of mental toughness. Uh, I think for all the players that have played for him, you know, dating back to, you know, Dion and those guys, we always talk about mental toughness and how Coach Andrews would never accept anything but your best, whatever it was. And he put us in some mentally uh, strenuous situations to make us strain, to make us learn about ourselves, and not just from a competitive standpoint, but from a life standpoint. So I'm very appreciative of Coach Andrews instilling in me the value of mental toughness. 
Um, so you played with some with some legends back in the day, especially on the '93 team. Um, but who are some of your closest teammates back at FSU, and and do you still keep in touch with guys that you played with at Florida State? Oh yes, uh, my my classmates from 1991. Uh, you know, all those are my favorites. You know, from Devin Bush, my roommate, Derek Alexander, Tyre Marion, Forrest Conley, uh, you know, Corey Fuller, you know, Clifton Abraham, you know, the William Floyd. You know, I go on and on. Charlie Warwick, just our core. You know, I we do a pretty good job of of staying in touch with each other. Because uh, we're all coming back to games. Mm-hmm. And I've had the pleasure of connecting to, you know, the players that came after me, the younger guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that that we uh, really stayed connected because uh, that's some of the passion that, that we have. And I can say now under Coach Taggart, you know, his administration is really making a push for all of us alumni to get even closer and get more connected back to the university that was lost over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely seen that play out um, since Taggart's been there. Uh, we actually spoke with uh, Terrell Buckley on our last podcast. Were you uh, close with some of the guys that came before you, such as uh, Terrell and, and Deion Sanders? Repeat the question, please. So were you close uh, with uh, guys that actually came before you, such as Dion um, and Terrell Buckley? Yes. Uh, no, I played a year with, with uh, T-Buck. Okay. So I had, you know, uh, obviously uh, got to know him very well. And, and Dion uh, used to come back when he was playing in Atlanta. He'd come back and spend time with us in Tallahassee, and that's uh, where I got to know him. So I got a great relationship uh, with both of them. Uh, throughout the years and talk very frequently. As I said before, I'm very fortunate to have a wide database with our alumni uh, in terms of communication. Right. And Mr. Brooks, how did it feel to be a part of the first national championship team in, in program history and to kind of set the standard of what Florida State has become today? Uh feel great uh to the point i'm always challenging uh the 99 or the 2013 team to line up against us <laughs> if we were to beat them <laughs> yes uh in, in the great in the great debate uh whether it's Jameis, whether it's peter ward you know i'm always uh telling them how great we were but it was a tremendous feeling as, as i said before uh it's the one thing Obviously, the other national championships are great, uh, but we hold special to being that team that won the first Mm -hmm. one. And we all take that with a great deal of humility and a sense of pride. Absolutely. I want to get to now, you know, kind of going on now with your relationship with Willie Taggart and how you think it's heading there. Because personally, I think Willie Taggart's mindset is with it. I think with the past players um, and how the program was being run it kind of slowed down a little bit uh, with how it was being constructed under Jimbo but I think Willie Taggart mentally has the state of running the program the right way I just wanted to get your thoughts on where you think it could be headed under him Uh, we're headed in the right direction and I can't be uh, more I guess 
supportive and, and proud of the effort that Coach is putting in. Uh, obviously, the on-field results are not where we wanted them to be uh, last year and, and, quite frankly, didn't meet his expectations or anyone else's. Uh, at the same time, the foundation that he's putting in place is working because you're seeing kids change off the field and feeling that void that perhaps was probably missed uh, a little uh, in the past. He's getting that back, and he's not bending uh, on his accountability measures and holding kids to that standard. And that standard, obviously, is what he grew up being a fan of. And that's where, you know, you see Coach Taggart, he's reached out to a lot, of, you know, having Coach Andrews back on staff, staying in constant communication with Coach Bowden, reaching out to the, some of the older coaches and players to really grab that vibe, that culture, uh, that developed winning, but putting his spin on it in the present. So I'm very pleased uh, in the direction uh, that we're going. And as I said before, it can be uh, more supportive uh, of him in those efforts. Well, um, well, on that note, uh, I'm just going to bring up that it actually is Super Bowl week. Uh, we got the Rams and the Patriots on Sunday. Mr. Brooks, the Super Bowl is obviously something that you're pretty familiar with, having won one yourself um, with the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question, but before I do that, I'm going to play a quick, a quick uh, sound clip for you. Um, so just listen to this real quick. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. And it's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29. He's 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Brooks, that is a sound clip. <laughs> that is a sound clip from your 44-yard uh, pick six to uh, clinched the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. Uh, take us through that play. Take us through that moment. What was that like for you? Um, really kind of a career-defining play, um, one that really um, put a cap on, on, on an incredible career. Um, so just kind of take us through that. Well, you know, first of all, Jim, I do want to take 10 seconds to to recognize the greatness of Gene Deckerhoff. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm probably the only player who he's called every play in their <laughs> college and professional career. Probably. Every play he's got Jameis so far. <laughs> yes, I told Jameis this, but he got to last 14 years. Yeah, he exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> but thus far, you know, for my entire career, and obviously Jameis is in that, in that window now. But, man, it was, it was great. And just that play alone, uh, how special it was. I've, uh, you know, going through it, dropped back, and the red wrist in his eyes and, and broke on the football. And, and thankful enough, I was able to catch it and, and run without falling over my own two feet as I got to the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> With and uh, at that time, to, to be a part of that play that uh, clinched, that clinched, quote-unquote, clinched the game for us, uh, it was very memorable. Uh, Dexter Jackson, you know, obviously a former Seminole, had two interceptions. And he was blessed to win the MVP. So it was a great, you know, Greg Spires had a great game uh, as well. So it was a great night for the Knowles, <laughs> you know, winning that championship. Uh, and, again, it never gets old, man. Just being a part of it, obviously you reminded of it. 
every year. Uh, we send out an anniversary text, <laughs> all of us uh, Buccaneers, saying, uh, you know, happy birthday, happy anniversary, uh, doing something to recognize our accomplishment. Can I get a quick uh, score prediction uh, about from about Sunday? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm better at predicting winners and losers. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> scores, but uh, I see a close game. I could easily see a 28-31 uh, win by the Rams. I'm actually picking okay. the Rams to win. And uh, with every Super Bowl New England has been in, it's been a one possession game. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to a field goal. Yeah, and as you know, former former no Lamarcus Joyner is actually with the Rams. So hopefully we have another Seminole win Super Bowl this year. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm personally a big fan of John Gruden, and I know your relationship with him has to be pretty strong too. But I, I just want to get your thoughts. As of course he was signed with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he's traded a couple big stars away from there. Uh, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on what you think of him. Does you think he has the the right mindset of what he's doing over there in Oakland? And just some thoughts on him back in your day with Gruden. I think he, you know, will be fine. Obviously, in some turbulent waters uh, now, uh, in terms of where they are in the season, they didn't want to have and. You know, Coach Gruden now again has some some assets to to really build his team. Uh, it's going to be you know some challenges, but I think he's up for it. And uh, through the changes they've made in the last two years, we'll see where the chips fall. But uh, it, I think the the league itself was probably uh, a little tough on John adjusting in. But again, uh, as I know Coach Gruden, he'll make. Uh, the adjustments that need to be made. He'll continue to work hard to get Oakland well, where they need to be and where he envisioned them uh, being. That's a uh, very relevant team in the NFL. And to go over to the Bucks side now with Bruce Arians and that hire, a lot of Tampa Bay Bucks fans are excited about it. And I think a lot of, because there's a lot of FSU fans that tie in with being Bucks fans too, so they're obviously supporting Jameis Winston in a big way. But do you think this is a solid hire by them in Tampa? Yeah, it's more than solid. I think it could be the gym uh, that fell into their laps uh, in terms of the new leadership there. and His history of working with past quarterbacks are legendary, and I think Jameis will be uh, next on that list in terms of him making a play improvement uh, in this all-around game, and it will be needed in order for the Bucks to succeed. And the fact that Coach Aarons was able to get uh, many of his previous staff who shared in that same success uh, is critical, too. So, again, I am a fan of the hire, and I think they're going to be uh, successful in turning the team around. Well, Mr. Brooks, we are definitely appreciative for you coming on here. I was supposed to be a 10-minute interview, but it turned into 30, so we are extremely grateful. Definitely the stories back in your day, and definitely the Bobby Bowden story with your uh, C on the report card, uh, <laughs> or on on the grade sheet. <laughs> but we are extremely thankful for you coming on. Uh, we hopefully will be able to have you on maybe later on in the season next year. 
All right, take care, Jim, and uh, again, look forward to following you guys cover the nose. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Probably by far the best that we've had on here on here this year. All right, let's get to the National Signing Day predictions. I'll give mine. Dustin will give his, and Fisher will give his. Uh, don't judge me too much. I'm still getting into the recruiting stuff, so I'm just going to go ahead and say now if I'm wrong, uh, then it's not really my fault. But <laughs> if Dustin and Fisher are wrong, never listen to them again. So, Anyways, let's jump. Do you want me to start naming these off one by one, and then y'all give y'all's yeah. predictions? Okay. Yeah, let's just, let's just go one by one. All right, so here we go. We're going to start off with number one. So guys, hang on. Let me let me just go ahead and insert a little nugget in here. Let's remember that Florida State has twenty commitments. So we've got we've got twelve guys here. Two of them are current Florida State commits. So really ten new guys that Florida State could add to their uh, commitment list on National Signing Day. But they're not gonna have the the numbers to be able to add them all. So remember that when you're when you're choosing your picks. Don't pick all ten to Florida State. <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the like, tip there that's a shot i hope you guys with the number uh, game you know we got to make sure it's a shot at me for the for the schedule prediction i'm sure yeah on the last, <laughs> on the last i'll keep that in mind dustin appreciate it man it's a mississippi state education up there it's very it's, let's just say it's slower that's all right bro you don't want to go there with me, man. <laughs> Fisher's going to come at us. You, you better quit while you're ahead. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with current commit as it is right now. Four-star defensive back, Nick Cross. Dustin, what's your pick? Um, You know, I've thought about this one a lot. I really think Nick Cross is going to end up flipping to, to Penn State. Wow, you told us in the meeting before that you thought that he could stick what changed in a matter of 10 minutes? Relined us? I mean, nothing nothing changed. I think there's a chance he could stick with Florida State. It's just right now with with the way that, you know, he's been – he tweeted out a top four graphic. Obviously, that got deleted. He visited Maryland last weekend. He's going to visit Georgia, I believe, today and tomorrow. They're, this is being recorded on Thursday. So, I believe Thursday and Friday he'll be at Georgia. Then after that, he's going to Penn State. So really, to me, it's just like when you have a commit that's taken that many visits in that, in that kind of a time span, I mean, how solid really is that commit? And, you know, when it's that when it's that kind of game, it just kind of reminds me of what happened with, with Sam Howell in the early signing period. So, yeah, I'm comfortable projecting him to flip to Penn State at this point. Fisher. Yeah, Dustin, I, th- I think I'm with you. Um, you know, FSU – Coach Taggart was in home with Nick Cross on Monday night. Um, by all accounts, the meeting went well. Um, however, obviously, it wasn't enough for him to shut down his recruitment. Um, I'm sure they made it their final pitch to him. Um, so, so he's taken a, an unofficial visit to Georgia today and tomorrow, and then he'll be on his official to Penn State this weekend. Um, and and I really think he's going to flip to Penn State. I think. Penn State is going to roll out the red carpet, and, and having the last word in this recruitment really is going to be in the, the nail in the coffin. Um, you know, Nick Cross committed back in September, stating he was 120% committed. Um, now his recruitment, I think, is wide open. Some people believe that FSU may be out of it, which I'm not in that opinion. I think it's it's a Florida State-Penn State battle. I don't think Georgia is in it as much as people believe, and I don't think Maryland is really a player at this stage. So 
but but as of now, I do see him uh, flipping to Penn State on or near National Signing Day. However, I just I, I want to reiterate, you know, people may be freaking out about this. It's it's not really a, like a huge um, detriment if you do lose Nick Cross. Um, you still have guys in this class such as Keen Dent, Raymond Woody, um, Renardo Green, uh, Jarvis Brownlee. Uh, Brendan Gant, Travis Jay. So you have a pretty loaded DB class as it is. And really this class is all about offensive linemen. So I don't want FSU fans to panic if he does slip to Penn State. Um, however, I do think that'll be the case. So you pretty much took everything that I was going to say there. Thanks yeah, for sure. Yeah, Thank pretty you. much. Thank you. I'm going to agree with uh, – I'm going to agree with y'all's – Y'all statement here. I think the killer and all this, it's as simple as it gets. Nick Cross is going on his official visit, his last one with Penn State. I think that's the killer here to make it short and sweet, sadly. But I do think uh, Nick Cross, I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 right now. It's Thursday. Uh, if I'm going and going to be smart about it, I'm going to go 51-49 and I'm going to say Penn State at the moment. I just think that last visit to Penn State is uh, it's a problem. Yeah. I think it's a big problem. So, and, it, and I think the family's a big player too. Obviously, you know his his dad is is not a big Florida yeah. State fan. Of Penn State. So, um, I wonder how much that's really affected because it seemed like Nick Ross really wanted to be in Tallahassee. Like he really wants to be in Tallahassee, but his dad. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. You look up to your father, so you're gonna of course listen to him. I I think it's I think it's definitely had a had an effect on his on his recruitment for sure. Let's move over now to four-star defensive end Quashon Fuller, current FSU commit. He's going to have to figure out where he wants to sign to. I think this one is leaning more towards the Knolls, in my opinion. I think he'll end up, I think he's a big Knoll. Uh, he's been a big recruiter for FSU, too. A big supporter of who he's bringing in. But I want to go and get your guys' opinion. I'm going Florida State for Quashon Fuller. Yeah, I'm going with Florida State. I mean, Fuller Fuller grew up as a Seminoles fan. His, his family loves Taggart. They they love the program. And I think Odell Hagens so, too. His connection. Uh, yeah, also Odell. So I really think I mean the the other players in his recruitment are kind of overstated. I really, I think that's him trying to create some some interest in his final announcement. I mean, I know I, I know Alabama's and Florida have both been out to see him, but Alabama has 28 commits right now. I mean, how how can they even add anyone? And you know, I think I think he just has Florida in there to you know kind of let the Gators down and pump up the Knowles fan base. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Quayshon Fuller will stick with the Knowles. Um, as you as you mentioned, you listed a top three and included Florida in there. I don't think Florida really has a shot at all for Quayshon. Um, and he's taking his visit to Bama this weekend. Um, but really, you, you're not sure if Bama really has a, a really enough spots to keep Quayshon. As crazy as that is. Um, so ultimately, I think he sticks with the Knowles. I know his mom loves the staff, loves Taggart, um, and and he's been committed to Florida State for some time. So I think uh, the staff feels good about keeping Quayshon. Let's get over to the quarterbacks now. Four-star quarterback Lance, and go ahead and say the French term Fisher for us. Lejeune is how I believe you pronounce it. Okay, Lance Lejeune uh, recently visited Florida State last weekend. Looked like it went very good for Florida State. A lot of fans gave him support for the visit. Seemed like he enjoyed that also. What are your guys' uh, opinion, or picks for, like, Lejeune? Yeah, it seemed like the one of the 
remaining questions in, in his recruitment with Florida State was going to be how did uh, Lance connect with, with new offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles. And by all accounts, their, their meeting last weekend went very well. Um, it seemed like Lance really likes the system that, that he's going to, that uh, Bryles will be bringing to Tallahassee. And he thinks that he can fit fit into it around, you know, Florida State's playmakers, which they've got a lot of talent at wide receiver and running back. So, you know, I think right now I see this recruit going in Florida or this recruitment go ending in Florida State's favor. Um, he has taken a visit to Maryland this weekend, but ultimately I think the relationships and and everything else with that Florida State brings to the table will win out. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, Lance Lejeune is a Seminole. Uh, he is the uh, top uncommitted uh, dual threat quarterback uh, left available in the country. Um, I think he and Kendall Browse hit it off. Um, it's a little weird to – looks like we're going to have another quarterback with a French last name wearing number 12 uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, obviously he's taking his visit to Maryland this weekend. Um, however, um, I think – I think he's a lock to FSU. I'm going to go with your guys' picks, and I'm going to go Florida State, too. I think the visit went well, and I think he really has a close connection or building a good relationship with Kendall Browles uh, right now as we speak. So I think he does end up being a Seminole. Let's I do want to add, there is a – I'm sorry. There is a, a question about whether or not he'll be academically uh, eligible. Um, however, the staff has mentioned that they, they do feel good about getting him in. Good note. Four-star quarterback John Rice Plumley, Riss, Rice. I think maybe something like that. That'll John work. John John Plumley. Let's just yeah. do John Plumley. Uh, <laughs> what do y'all see going on there with the picks? Well, you know Plumley will be on campus this weekend. He's currently committed to um, Georgia, but I believe Georgia wants him to to blue shirt, which means he wouldn't have a scholarship during his first his first year on campus so you know if that's something he wants to do props to him but right now i, I don't see a four-star quarterback you know blue shirting at a school that that already has a uh not not a favorable quarterback situation for for a new player coming in to the university basically so but also i don't think that uh Plumlee is going to end up at florida state i think he's going to stay home at at mississippi state you know in nope. his home state no, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Oh. Well, I think he's going to stay in Mississippi. Let me put it like that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry to cut you off, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, he's a Mississippi kid. Obviously, he's committed to Georgia. He's been committed to Georgia for some time. Uh, I don't think that's going to stick. Um, I think he's going to get Ole Miss. Uh, I think he's taking a visit to Florida State this weekend. He'll be on campus. Yeah, and I, yeah. I know this. The staff would love to bring uh, another quarterback into this class. Um, however, I, th I don't think FSU will get him. I think he'll go to Ole Miss. All right, so we're going to run through these a little bit quicker. Uh, we're going to go through four-star linebacker Eugene Sante. Picks for those guys? And I didn't pick um, Conley, but, yeah, I don't think he's signing with Florida State now. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, at, at this point, I really think Asante is is going to stay in his home state as well and, and go to Virginia Tech. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree with Dustin. This is kind of a guy that's kind of shot up in the rankings pretty recently here. Um, yeah. I think Florida State is in it. Um, however, I think um, 
he's going to stay home as well. Uh, go to Virginia Tech. I will say I absolutely love his film, though. Like, yeah, I, I think they want for Florida State. Florida State definitely wants him. He, I, I think, if he were to sign with FSU, he might be the linebacker prospect that I'm most excited about. Um, so, uh, missing out on him would 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 be a little bit of a bummer if it were to happen. So, absolutely. I'll start just running through these to give you guys your picks. Three-star offensive guard, Kamar Bell. At this point, I'm going to take Florida State over Auburn. Um, Bell Bell goes to Colquitt County High School, which is where kicker Ryan Fitz, Fitzgerald uh, just committed from last weekend. Also, Florida State will have three-star cornerback Jay Ward on campus this weekend, and he's also um, – a former player at Colquitt County. So I think, I think the relationship with Florida state bringing in some of his teammates, um, will really help bell in his, uh, final decision to pick the Seminoles over Auburn. Yeah, this is a, a Florida state Auburn battle for sure. Um, however, I agree. I think, I think he's going to go to FSU. Um, you know, obviously he has a good relationship with Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, the number one kicker in the country that recently committed to Florida State. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald has been very active on Twitter trying to recruit uh, both of his teammates, uh, and Kamar Bell and Jay Ward. Um, and I feel good about FSU's chances landing Kamar Bell. Next up is three-star wide receiver slash running back, uh, almost like an athlete, Elante Brown. Yeah, Michigan State pulled Brown's offer after he uh, officially visited Florida State last weekend, and and ever since then he's been kind of looking for for a new home. By by all accounts, he loved his trip to Tallahassee. I mean, I talked to him a little bit. He said he really enjoyed the weather down here compared to Chicago. So I can't imagine how he's feeling about that this week with yeah. how cold it is up north. I mean, so um. And he also is, likes he, he likes his fit into the offense. He thinks he can play wide wide receiver or running back, and and you know switch back and forth depending on on what Browles wants him to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and slot Florida State in to land Alante Brown. Yeah, feel good about Alante Brown. Obviously decommitted to Michigan State while in Tallahassee on his visit. Um, obviously, I think he he had a good idea that Michigan State and he would part ways if he were to take the visit, and he took it anyway. So I think that speaks volumes um it's currently negative nine degrees in chicago right now um so per that now uh i think he's ready to make his way down to the sunshine state is that your main Uh, reason right there yeah i think that'd be my main reason that would Uh, be mine too i think he's he's ready to to head on down and play some ball in the sunshine state for the seminoles go from this yeah and he and he's a really versatile kid too the the staff really likes just kind of they see something in him they do yeah Maybe maybe he's the Keyshawn Helton of this of this class. Yeah, and they, and the funny thing is, you go from negative nine degrees to here in Tallahassee right now, it's fifty degrees. So yeah, you'd have a little bit of an upgrade. Three star <laughs> yeah. offensive tackle Darius Washington. What you got, Dustin? What's well, funny how you bring up Keyshawn Helton because Darius Washington actually attends the the same high school that that Helton did and and uh, during his prep career. So um, Washington. Is currently is he still committed to Mississippi State? He is currently committed to Mississippi State. However, the feeling is that um, Mississippi State is almost out, out of it. it. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I'm I'm kind of feeling like this is a, a Florida State Miami battle. Miami got the the offer to Washington a little bit before Florida State, so 
that could be a factor, but I know Washington has loved loved FSU throughout his recruitment. He he loved what he loves what Taggart and, and Frey bring to the table. So at, I see him. Uh, Taggart had an in home with Washington last night, and, and that that went pretty well from from what I've heard. So I'm going to go ahead and and slot him in also to to commit to Florida State. Yep, I agree. He's a Pensacola kid. Uh, I think he. Grew up an FSU fan. I know his uncle is an avid FSU fan. As you said, or uh, as I stated, Mississippi State is is feels like they're out. You know, he they tried to get him on campus last weekend um, and couldn't do it as he took his visit to FSU. So it's a, it's a Florida State Miami battle. Uh, Miami's recruited him longer simply because Florida State was after better prospects. Um, uh, but I feel good about about their chances in landing Darius Washington. Three star offensive lineman Ira Henry. This guy is one of my favorite prospects that Florida State is still on the running for. I mean, it's it's not just you know how talented he is on the on the field. It's really the um, the the body that he's bringing to Florida State. I mean, this is to, just to put it in in three words, he's a grown ass man. I mean, this is a big dude. He's gonna have to redshirt during uh, during his first season of college ball, but. You know, I really think that he could become a, a star offensive lineman as his career goes on. And and right now, with what I'm hearing, I'm I'm comfortable also picking Florida State over Auburn for uh, Henry's commitment. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think this is a recruitment pretty similar to Kamar Bell, and those are two guys that are pretty close. And I, I think they talk a lot on social media. Some actually consider them to be a, a package deal. I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, he's a guy out of out of St. Louis. Definitely looks the part. Um, six five, three twenty. So I, I think he's a, a guy that you really want to get on your roster. Um, a guy with a lot of p- potential. Um, and we'll see. It's it's a Florida State Auburn battle. Um, but I think they made a really good impression on Ira Henry, and I think this is a guy that FSU absolutely will take. Um, so I'll go ahead and pencil him in to Florida State as well. So Henry and Bell going to Florida State is huge, definitely as the focus is towards offensive linemen. Yeah, if you can if you can go three for three on the linemen, then signing day is success. This this class is a success if you can go three for three on these linemen. Absolutely. Yeah. Next up is four star defensive end Charles Moore. All right. Yeah, we'll finally give Auburn a bone. Um, I think Moore is going to end up committing to to Auburn over Florida and Florida State. Um, his his visit to Tallahassee went well, but it, it just seemed like things started to shift in his recruitment early this week, and and that's continued from what I'm hearing. Yep, that's uh, what I've heard as well. Um, I don't have a pick as to where he will land. Uh, however, I do not believe it will be Florida State. I think Florida State is is out of it at this point in his recruitment. We'll move over to three-star cornerback Jay Ward. How are you feeling about that one, Dustin? So Florida State's going to take one of Nick Cross or Jay Ward. If Nick Cross slips to Penn State, Jay Ward is in Trap 19. And, you know, if Nick Cross decides to stay with Florida State, I think Jay Ward will uh, commit elsewhere. Yeah, I agree with Dustin. I think as of now, having Nick Cross still committed, I think Jay Ward will make his way to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, however, I do think – because I think one of one of the things about his recruitment is that Florida State is so loaded with DBs already that there's there's really not a whole lot of room. Um, but if Nick Cross were to decommit, I think you land Jay Ward. All right, that will wrap up this week's podcast on Hear the Spear. We
We always appreciate you guys listening, either it's on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. If you are listening on iTunes, feel free to rate us on there. It helps a lot with our coverage. Uh, We enjoyed our interview with Derek Brooks. We appreciate him for coming on, and we do have another uh, interview coming up next week that we are very excited about. Uh, More of a latest knoll that is headed to, most likely, the NFL. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that next week. And uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Mama told me, uh, not the same word. Mama 17, 5, same.